Welcome back to More Money Minutes for Doctors, episode number two. I'm your host, Catherine Vesnes. I'm also the CEO and founder of MD Financial Advisors. So our topic today is how much is enough disability insurance for doctors? So very often doctors have disability insurance through work. In fact, most of our clients do. But one of the questions you need to ask yourself is, is it enough? So we're going to cover this today and everything doctors need to know about disability insurance. Now, if you've got further questions or if there's anything you'd like us to tackle in a future episode, please send us an email. You can reach out to us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Don't forget to like us, subscribe and follow us on social media at MD Financial Advisors so you don't miss an episode. So let's talk about first about what is disability insurance, or as I prefer to think about it, income protection insurance. Frankly, we have very, very few doctors who are independently wealthy. And when we start doing a complex financial plan for our doctors, I always start with disability insurance first. And the reason is I see it as the biggest risk to a doctor in their future. Most of all, if something happened to them and they were too sick or too injured to work, their entire financial house of cards could collapse. So it's very, very important to shore up this risk. Now, I do once in a while get pushback from some doctors about doing it, but you know, I think of this a little bit like homeowner's insurance. The chances of your house burning down are pretty small or being struck by lightning, right? It's pretty small, but we all still have insurance on our home because it's such a huge, huge investment. So think about that too as you're considering disability insurance. So there's two major types. There's short-term disability and long-term disability. Short-term is usually provided through your employer and this sometimes takes the form of sick pay. If you're too sick or injured to work, you may have uh, three weeks or sometimes even six months worth of six sick pay through your employer or short-term disability. The kind that our doctors should be most concerned about though is the second type, long-term disability. And the reason is if you're a young doctor, if you're in your 30s or 40s, there's a five times more likelihood that you are going to be disabled or too sick or injured to work than you are to die. So the risk is much, much higher. So I would say the question is, do doctors really need disability insurance? Absolutely. And particularly when you think about sometimes being disabled is far more economically disastrous than a death, right? Because if you're disabled, you still have to pay back loans. Maybe you've still got your lifestyle, you've got mortgage payments, maybe you've got kids to support, putting them through school. All of those expenses continue and you may even need some home health care to take care of you. So once again, it can be very expensive to be disabled. It's why I put it on number one on our list of things that we need to consider. Now, let's talk about options. Now, it's not unusual for me to have a doctor say, well, I've covered at work, I'm fine. Is that enough? Well, typically not, occasionally it is, but typically not. And the reason is most group coverage only covers about 60% of your base salary and because your employer is paying for the premiums, you are not after you're out of pocket. That means if you're out on claim in the future, that claim is going to be considered taxable income to you. So if you consider 60% of base salary, less the taxes on that, that is usually not enough to cover most of our doctor's lifestyle. Now, 
Another problem with, with it is, is that if you switch jobs, you can't usually take your existing policy with your current employer to a new job. You need something that's portable. And that's why almost always we recommend an independent disability insurance policy. These are totally portable. You can take them with whatever job uh, that, you, that you have. Now, I just want to talk about cheap policies through certain medical associations. I have to tell you, if you want to get me wound up, you're going to talk about how some of these medical associations rip off doctors. It's so annoying to me. Uh, they'll have a cheap policy and a lot of doctors will go, oh my gosh, this is so cheap. I need to get this. I'm going, wait a minute, wait a minute. We need to peek under the hood. We need to look at the fine details. And what I have found with them is that very often the association policies can actually raise the rates. So you may be fine for a couple of years, a year or two down the road, maybe you've got some horrible illness. They can actually go in and raise the rates on you. Or in some cases, they can actually cancel the policies. Well, this could be absolutely devastating if you have a horrible illness, you're no longer insurable, and they cancel the, the policies. So those are not policies that we ever want to be recommending for our clients. We want ones that they can never raise the rates. And as long as you're paying the premiums, they can never cancel them. Now, a couple of other things that's helpful for you to know. There's really three levels of coverage when it comes to disability insurance policies. The first and most basic is something that could be like a social security definition, or it's a definition that is so broad, it doesn't help our doctors at all. And this definition says that if you can do any work at all, you're not really disabled. So yes, if you could get a job at Walmart and you're handing out the carts to folks as they walk in the door, that's not considered disabled. You'd have to not be able to do that in order to get this coverage. Practically most, you'd have to be practically comatose, right? In order to qualify. Uh, the good news is that's the kind of definition I almost never see with doctors and we certainly don't see it in their work coverage. So it's unlikely you're gonna come across it, but I wanted to bring it up. Um, the second level of coverage though is something we see very, very often. You are too sick or injured to do work, hopefully your own occupation, um, and you have no other income. This is really, really important when it comes to legal documents and contracts with disability insurance companies are legal contracts. That and is a very important piece. So if you're too sick or injured to do your current um, job, your current specialty, maybe it's pediatrics, maybe it's uh, cosmetic surgery, whatever it is, uh, but you also have a side job. Maybe you're making a dollar a month teaching Sunday school. And believe it or not, that could disqualify your entire claim. Maybe you're making $500 a month taking care of your sister's children. That could disqualify a claim. So it's very, very important to have a professional look at these definitions to make sure that you really understand what's going on. So I don't like the second level of coverage either because you pretty much have to be so disabled and not doing any work to qualify. Some nuances with that is some companies will actually uh, deduct your other workings from their benefit. So in a second tier coverage, you might be able to qualify for coverage because you're too disabled to be able to work in your current medical specialty. 
But if you have another income, maybe you're working at medical school and you're teaching uh, at, at the local medical school, or maybe you're a realtor, whatever you're earning from that is going to be subtracted from your benefit. Not very helpful and not much motivation for you to be able to get back to work. And I find most of our doctors are so incredibly smart, they want to keep using their brain. So they need the third level of coverage. This is the, the best level, it's, and it, I call it own occupation, double dip. So what that means is you're too sick or injured to do your own occupation, whatever that is, shortly before you were disabled. But if you have another job, you're teaching medical school, you're, maybe you go back to law school and you're practicing law, maybe you're running a restaurant, doesn't matter, whatever that other income is, you can keep that other income and you can keep your benefit. Really, really important when it comes to disability insurance. Now, I want to mention one other thing. Very often I will have doctors come to me and say, oh, I've got this policy. It's own occupation. They're like, oh, done. I'm like, no, no, no. That's just the beginning of this. Own occupation just means if you're too sick or injured to do your own occupation, it could cover you, once again, provided you don't have other work, or it's this better level of coverage where it allows you to do another profession on top of getting the claim. So once again, take a look at all three levels, look at your own policies. If you need some help sorting that out, let us know, we'll be very happy to, to review them for you. Now, choosing an insurance company. A couple things to think about here. There's only about, there's somewhere between 12 and 16 companies in the United States that even offer disability insurance. There's just a handful that are good for doctors. Uh, one of them really upsets me. It's a very well-known insurance company, and frankly, they have a good reputation. But some years ago, they came out with a doctor's disability policy. And just the way those association policies get me upset, this upsets me too, because I feel like uh, they're trying to take a substandard policy, label it a doctor's policy, and then push it to doctors and tell them they've got something absolutely special for them. Well, unfortunately, that's not the case. So first of all, in the first two years of this particular policy, and most of them I've seen, and by the way, it can change, um, it is a true double dip own occupation. But after two years, if you have any occupation at all, you are disqualified. You're not gonna be getting any claim for this from this company. And I find that very misleading. So be very careful with policies that say they're doctors only, because very often they're trying to take a substandard policy, dress it up, and or as my grandma would say, they're trying to make a silk purse out of a thou's ear. So not so terribly helpful. Now, a couple of other things to think about. One is underwriting. So in order to qualify for disability insurance, most of the time you have to go through underwriting. That means that they're gonna be checking your medical records and there'll also be a phone interview and they'll be looking at your health history and a lot of your uh, blood work, uh, urinalysis, other things that you've had done in the past. So typically they'll do a mini physical with you. They too will draw blood, uh, get a urine sample, weigh, measure you and ask some questions. There'll be a phone interview where they're gonna ask the same darn questions they asked when they did the mini physical. And then they'll reach out to your physicians for attending physician's statements. Once they get all of that, the underwriters will come back and make, make an offer. I never have clients send in money in advance. Uh, a lot of insurance agents will do that, but I think we should get bids from the insurance company first 
see if our clients like it, and then they can decide whether they want to move ahead or not. Now, there's a couple of other interesting bells and whistles or amendments to insurance disability contracts that can be very helpful to you. One is called a benefit update. Some insurance companies call it something different, but it, it means the same thing. And what this means is once every three years, the insurance company will reach out to you and say, doctor, are you making more money? And they want to ask you for maybe a copy of your current contract or your tax records. This is a fantastic benefit if you qualify because it allows you to buy more coverage in the future at your original health rating, which for most of our clients, they're in pristine health when they get these policies. And so then if they're 45 or 50 and they need another additional policy because they need more coverage, that company does not go with their health rating today where they may have some horrible illness in fact, they can't even ask you what your health is today. They have to use the health rating you had back in the day when you got your original policy. So if you qualify for a benefit update, it's a fantastic additional amendment that they put on the contracts and they usually don't charge anything for this. It's just for their healthiest uh, insurance. So once again, look for benefit update. I will tell you that don't ignore this letter because once every three years, you're gonna get the letter from an insurance company going, guess what, you, know, you may have the opportunity to buy more coverage. They will ask you, as I said, to substantiate what your current income is. If you pitch the letter, which some of our clients have done and don't respond, you can do that. But what happens is they eliminate the coverage then. They remove this lovely benefit which means if in a couple years down the road, you want more coverage, hello, you have to go through underwriting all over again and prove that you are healthy. And if you've had a car accident in the meantime, or I've had a couple clients recently that have had um, some unexpected seizures, they don't even know what they came from. Those situations can of course completely disqualify you or make the policy more expensive. So make sure that you follow up and respond to those letters or reach out to us and let us know that you want to talk about it. Another benefit most of these companies will offer is future increase options. And for the first six years or so after you get your new policy, every year they will increase the policy to keep it up with inflation. Uh, once again, you don't have to buy those little increases every year. Um, but if you if you decide you don't want them, which is fine, they will stop offering them, which means it's of course more difficult to keep that, that benefit up to speed with inflation. Now, since most doctors are going to have big increases in your income throughout your career, it's really important to have this benefit update and future increase options on your policy, because once again, it gives you a chance to increase your coverage so that you don't have a gap in insurance. Another interesting thing to know is many of these companies are currently offering discount rates for residents and fellows. So if you know any residents and fellows or you're a resident and fellow yourself, this is a great time to explore this because let's face it, this is the youngest and the cheapest these policies are ever gonna be because you are the youngest and healthiest you're ever going to be. Also, when we have three or more doctors with the same employers, one of our insurance companies gives us fantastic discounts so another thing to keep in mind as you're pricing these policies out. Now, personally, I believe our ethical duty is to look at all these different companies and come up with the cheapest option for our clients. And that's all what we do whenever we're evaluating these. And I also believe that when we're evaluating DI for our clients, if you've got a great policy, my job is to tell you you've got a great policy and hang on to it. 
So if you've been looking at disability in the past, make sure you're dealing with somebody who's going to be ethical and going to be giving you ethical advice that really meets your needs. Now, briefly, let me loop back to the tax consequences. So when you're paying for an individual disability insurance policy out of your own pocket and you're out on claim later, those benefits you get when you're out on claim come to you tax-free. The opposite is true if on your employer coverage. So if your employer paid for the coverage and you're out on claim later, then that's considered taxable income as we talked about earlier. All right, so we've hit the quick and dirty on disability insurance. I really recommend you have your DI policies looked at, particularly if you haven't had anybody evaluate them in the last two years, because this is an industry that's changing rapidly and there's a lot of times that we can actually find better coverage and cheaper coverage for clients when they have them evaluated. So this is also a situation where it's very dangerous to let it wait. And the reason I'm saying that is I've had a couple of clients that postponed getting disability insurance and I swear horrible things happened. One slipped and fell and hit, hit her head and was, was in uh, the emergency room and I was afraid the concussion was going to uh, prevent her from getting coverage. I had another client that had a grand mal seizure and of course no insurance company is going to be insuring him for a couple of years. So it's always good to be able to do this earlier in your career when you're the healthiest. So in closing, please follow us on social media. I hope you found this helpful. If you did, please forward it to your colleagues and do send us your questions and topics for future issues of this podcast. Finally, you can reach out to us directly for a second opinion on your financial health by emailing us at info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Once again, that's info at mdfinancialadvisors.com. Stay healthy.